Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hello. On behalf of our entire flight crew, thanks for soaring with us. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Bite Size Radio Show. I completely forgot what sort of show we were doing then. That's ever so good, isn't it? And uh, we've got a smaller cast today, but we've got a cast as always. And um, we're going to start off by saying hello to John. Hello, John. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good. good. And you're you're locked in a room with a cat. I'm locked in the room with the cat because the other half is watching the X Factor. How can I block it? Block that program. I just don't really think that people want to listen to Sharon Osbourne criticising people. No. No, we don't. And not in the background, anyway. N- well, no, not really. And also, uh, with us back again after his kind of long-extended sabbatical to somewhere, it's Gareth. Good evening, Adam. And joining us from inside a jet propeller is Susan. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. You can finally hear me. She sounds all right now. We're having this oh, issue. We had, we had a bit of an issue earlier that Susan sounded like she was inside. We just couldn't decide whether she was inside the, the propeller of an aeroplane or she was um, in a washing machine. I've got a confession, guys. What? I'm on a roof of an apartment. She's <laughs> on a roof of an apartment. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, yeah, it just sounded like she was spinning around in a washing machine. But it sounds like she's cleared it up a little bit, so that's good. So that's all... It's all good and well in any way it is this is a bit bite-sized time tonight which means we it's a slightly shorter show well it's supposed to be a shorter show whether it actually ends up being a shorter show is a completely different thing uh but we want to talk to gareth a little bit on this particular show because um you may have heard gareth mention before well, rather than me mention it you might as well mention a little bit about it gareth uh about what we want to talk about this evening yeah okay so um i've mentioned it a couple of times before but uh, my oldest son has autism um, so that's a spectrum disorder, so it affects lots of people differently. Um, and that sort of impacts the way that we experience Disney parks. Um, it's the way that I probably would if, if I was touring on my own or, or with just my wife. Um, so what's, what I want these days is just talk a bit about um, how our experience with um, you know, taking a child with autism to Disney parks is like. Um, I want to say off, offer some tips on what we do. Obviously... Every child is different, so it, what works for us wouldn't necessarily work for for another hmm. um, child. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to pass myself off as an expert, but I think there's there's some things that um, I can probably prep people with before you go. And I think that's probably the key is being really yeah, prepared. I think so because obviously the the autistic spectrum is massive, and there's certain things that some some people struggle with that other people don't struggle with so it may be that if you are going with somebody who maybe uh, is on the autistic spectrum or they might some of these things might not apply to them some of them might do you want to kind of explain a little bit about kind of what it is that your son struggles with with regards to his autism because it may be different to other people yeah so um jack's non-verbal um so he has a, he has a few words that he can say but the main way that he communicates to us is um by signing or, or pointing at pictures um, so that obviously is a quite a bit of frustration sometimes. So trying to try understand what he wants when we're there can sometimes be quite difficult. Um, so the thing that he really likes is rides. That's what, yeah. he, what he loves. Yeah. Um, and the thing that really dislikes is shops. They're a massive inconvenience. Why would you go into a shop when you could be on a ride? 
Fair um, enough. So it's it's trying it's sort of learning, learning as you go to as to what um, sort of things are going to allow him to, to enjoy the park as much as he can. Okay. Um, so as, as well as his autumn, he's got some um, some learning difficulties. So um, I, I think when sometimes when you when you talk about autism, people assume oh it's just a, it's a kid with uh, social issues, but they've got like a really special ability with numbers. Mm-hmm. That's not really the case with a lot of autistic children. That's a that's a very small percentage. Um, so my son was in uh, nappies until very recently. Um, and one day he decided he didn't want to do, didn't want to wear them anymore. He was going to go to the toilet like all the, all the other kids do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that obviously has an impact in what you can, how you can plan your day out if you if you know that at some point you're going to have to change the nappy on a kid that's known the size of an eight year old. Mm. Okay, fair enough. So um, okay, let's let's sort of talk about your way of touring the parks then, because you know for a lot of of big Disney fans it will be a case of you get into the park at rope drop and you leave when you kicked out at night. Obviously, that's not the case for you. So what what is kind of the difference for you when you're touring? Um, I think we're, we're lucky, well, I say lucky in one respect, in that um, he will get up at five o'clock in the morning when we're there wanting to go to the parks because he expects them to be open. Right. Because in his head, why, why would it close? That's, that place is awesome. Why would it possibly close? It, will, it, was, there when, it was there when I left. It will be there now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get up at five in the morning um, or you know, whenever, he's, whenever he's awake and expect immediately to go to the parks. Um, which is why I'm a big, big advocate of, of if you can afford it and if it works, then staying on site because of how easy it is to get to the parks. Yeah. Um, for for us, I, I probably wouldn't consider staying off site because of the added time that you've got to get to get there. Um, obviously, the, the buses are so frequent; it's just really, really handy um, if you do need to go back. Um, and at the other end of the spectrum, he doesn't want to leave until it's kicking out time. Fair enough. <laughs> So um, there's there's some days where we we do have to go because you know he's he's had enough, but he's he's not gonna he's not gonna accept that. Yeah. That he he is too tired. He still wants to keep going. It's like it's like a Duracell bunny in that way, I suppose. Um, but I think if if there are times where you do need to um, sort of take a break, there's, there's, there are lots of places in Disney where you can do that. Um, on the Disney World website, they've actually got a document um, specifically to help with people with um, autism and sort of similar conditions that are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in there, it gives you a breakdown of um, where all what sort of quiet spots are, where you can go and take five minutes. Um, it gives a breakdown of all the different attractions with uh, exactly to the minute, how long they last and what sort of things you're going to experience in there. So you can really prepare um, the person or the child for, for what what the um, different rides are going to be like. Yeah. Um, what I would say is YouTube is definitely your friend <laughs> in terms of getting them, um, uh, building up to know what they're going to experience there. So with a big thing with with a lot of autistic children is um, they get anxious when they don't know what's, what's coming next. So if you look at YouTube, there's everything from the rides to the parades to the route that the different buses take from resorts to yeah. the particular theme parks. So we've we even watched those. We even watched Magical Express videos just so he knew what was going to happen. And is that something you have to do like every trip, or once he's done it, he, does he remember that? Or um, he, I think he he's at the age where he remembers that. If he right. if he maybe gone when he was a bit younger, or if we didn't go for a while, we'd probably have to reinforce that. Okay. Um, 
but because it's only been by the next time we go it'll have only been two years since he last went he's he seems to understand that he recognizes what magical express looks like mm-hmm. um he recognizes what the disney buses look like and he, his favorite thing to do is to watch rides and shows and parades on on youtube anyway yeah so it's something that he's always got constantly reinforced to be fair okay fair enough um, so so with with Jack, it's obviously that he doesn't mind staying in the park all day. Do you find that you have to very, very clearly plan out what you're going to do during a day? Is it, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this? Or is it that you have to tour the park in a slightly different way? Uh, I think the, the first time we went, um, because we weren't really sure how it was going to go, when we were planning our fast passes, we did tend to sort of concentrate all three of them in a, in a short space of time. Yeah. Um, because we didn't know... We didn't know what time he was going to get up. Um, so, previously, when we gone to Disneyland Paris, he was that exhausted. Some days he didn't wake up until quarter to twelve. Oh wow! <laughs> so, <laughs> so, well, we didn't want to book anything early and lose all that. So, a lot of our fast passes would concentrate between it's probably about one o'clock and four, thinking okay. well, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get maybe that chunk of time in the parks and it'll, it'll be wiped out. And we'll have to go home or something of that nature. Um, you know, but I think you know, kids with with all, well, kids in general, but kids with awesome do, do surprise you in what they'll how they change and evolve and what their what the tolerances can be yeah um so we, we did plan to maybe have um sort of two short bursts in the park every day um we planned in a couple of rest days that we didn't end up really using um okay. I, I i think that the more planning you can you can do the better and i think it's to, to set your expectations low and then you're not at the risk of um, sort of overstretching a kid and leading to, to frustration on their part and your part. Yeah. Obviously, it, co- it costs a lot of money, and I think as an adult, your, in- your incentive is to try and make the most of every moment that you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, try and be in the parks as much, much as possible. And I think it's not really realistic for, for any kid, let alone a kid that's got additional needs, to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the only issue we encountered was um, a day that we, w- we went to Animal Kingdom. And obviously, with that shutting out, we thought, "Oh, we'll go to um, Hollywood Studios and catch the frozen fireworks." Yeah. Um, I think I just really underestimate how how hot and how tiring spending a, the best part of a day in Animal Kingdom can be. Um, so I think realistically, we should probably should have just called it a day at six six thirty and gone home. Mm-hmm. I thought, "Oh no, no, we'll, he'll, he'll be fine. We'll go to uh, we'll go catch the fireworks." And it, it wasn't fine. Catch catching the bus was was hot and crowded. Getting there, um, obviously. You're walking into all the crowds trying to catch the fireworks, and it's just—it was too tired. Uh, I think you learn—you learn the hard way mm. <laughs> in that respect. It's not something—not a mistake I'd make again. So what I'm looking at at the moment is um, the Walt Disney World resource for guests with cognitive disabilities, yeah. including autism spectrum disorder, um, and it's a 29-page document. Uh, we're not talking about something here that has just kind of got a page and is thrown together. But it's absolutely it's such a, f- a fantastic document because what it does um, is, as you said, it breaks it down into frequently asked questions and helpful tips. So you get all of those. And then what it also does is what to expect. So it gives you a list of things of, of this is what will happen during the day. You know, and it gives them in 10 steps. Drive and park the car, ride the tram monorail bus to the theme park, and it has images that go to each one, um, which is really good. It talks through some of the transportation. One of the things that I really like about it is that there's there's several pages which break attractions down into, um, obviously, parts of the park. It gives you the name of the attraction and a description of that particular attraction. And then it splits it into... Um, kind of things that 
could upset or you need to inform of, uh, somebody with a kind of cognitive disability. So, scents and smells, flashing lights, loud noises, periods of darkness, bumps, uh, fast, whether it's lifts off the ground, it's wet, if there's any elements of surprises, whether there's any restraint, how long it is, and then whether or not it comes with a fast pass. It, and it goes through every single attraction in every single park with this particular list. John, um, Susan, did you know this even existed? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't know it existed. It's an amazing it, document. Wow. It's like, for a, yeah, document. Like, maybe I would think maybe just a, a one-page website thing, but a whole document. Yeah. A whole PDF. Yeah, or like yeah. an FAQ. It's, it's fantastic. It's, and, it's, like, it's so thorough. Well, you say here, uh, when you go to the Need a Break, here's some of the places you can go for a quiet, quiet place. So, pathways leading from Cinderella's Castle to Fairytale Garden, for example, in Fantasyland or Pete's Silly Sideshow area. Pathway between the Barnstormer, or behind the Barnstormer, sorry. Um, it's just so detailed. It's obviously out of date at the moment because apparently you can walk around half of Hollywood Studios isn't even open. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he could just go to Hollywood Studios because no one's going there now. Aren't That's they? true. Do we need yeah. a break? Go to Hollywood Studios. Um, go and stand outside Avatar Land because apparently they've now banned people from taking photos of construction. I yeah, I heard that. Oh. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently so. <laughs> They're stopping people. From Ban people it. taking pictures of the Green Wall. How dare they? I know. Can you believe it? Can you believe they're even daring to do that? Anyway, that's that's completely off topic. Wherever we're um, Okay, so let's say then you're in a situation with regards to going into the park. Obviously, you're aware. Disney are, are unaware uh, because you're a guest. Um, what does Disney then do in order to? Obviously, you've got the guide which you can look at beforehand. When you're in park. How did Disney help support you in a in the way that they can for for a good day in the park? Um, I think the main thing that, that people will probably be aware of is the uh, disability access pass. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you have um, the magic band, what they do is they'll link it to your magic band. Oh, brilliant! I didn't know. Um, so rather than rather than carrying around the the paper fast pass that you have um, at Paris, which I lost at least three times in the space of five days, excellent. Just because you have that much stuff with you, don't you? Um, what they what we do is um, in in America they're not allowed to ask for um, evidence of your medical condition, so that creates its own problems I suppose in one way. Um, but I think previously they had um, the guest access. Yeah. Sorry, speaking of Jack Jack's toys going off in the background. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take the batteries out. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so so previously you had um, this guest access pass which um, allowed you to go to the front of an attraction um, I don't think the intention was that it gave priority access but that's how it ended up being treated right um, and that led to some sort of quite well documented abuses mm. um, particularly the incident where the, the, there was a wealthy family hiring a disabled person to go around the park with them so they could go to the front of attractions yeah what um, yeah I knew about this yeah this was high, really high profile a couple of years ago yeah, that's why they had to change Gosh. the whole system. Yeah, well, I think it's one of the reasons. I think the other reason is because because so many people were using were using this system, the benefit of actually um, having this pass is, it deteriorates because everyone is then doing it. Um, so I think they've what they what they've done is um, you now um, you you go to the attraction. It doesn't have to be the disabled person that goes to the attraction. Anyone in the party can do it because you're all linked. 
um, through my Disney experience. Yeah. Um, and you say, um, we've got the dis disabled access pro uh, pass, we'd like to go on this attraction. And what they do is they look at the current wait time. Um, if it's less than 20 minutes, they'll send you down the fast pass queue. If it's longer than 20 minutes, you'll get a time um, added to my Disney experience, which is whatever the wait time is, less 10 minutes. And you're vir you virtually queue then, and during that time you're free to, to go to shops, go to any, any um, restaurants or, or cafes, um, or you can, you can go on other attractions um, that have got a shorter wait time. Uh, the only thing you can't do is sort of stack these um, queue, oh, queue times up. Okay. So it's a bit, um, it's a bit like a fast pass. Yeah, it's it's yeah. treated like having having extra fast passes. Um, Except you're not in the line, which is good, because even a fast yeah. pass line can become quite big as well. Yeah, they they, they can certainly stretch into into well above twenty minutes, can't they? Sometimes. Mm. Um, but uh, I I personally I, I prefer that system um, to what they have in Paris, which is still the old system where you're sort of taken to the the front of the queue. Yeah. Um, it's like what. Um, when we go to theme parks in the UK, what we've tried to do is generally the queues aren't that long, are they? So we'll try and, and get him get into queue um, and try and teach him this is what you do because the, the long term the long term aim is I, I would love Jack to be able to to queue um, at Disney World and experience all the theming that's in there because mm -hmm. with a lot of the rides you, you miss quite a bit by not not being in the actual queue. Um, I remember being as a kid that uh, some of, some of my favourite things were in queues. I used to love the Splash Mountain queue. Yeah. Weirdly. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, eventually I'll be able to build them up to that. So if a queue if a queue is less than half an hour, we'll tend to go and, and stand in it. Okay. Um, otherwise, we'll use this virtual queuing system. Um, it, it's had a bit of negative um, feedback on on some forums by people that are used to the old system. Um, well, I think. Maybe that is partly down to a lot people, kids that have been going for a long time were used to going up to an attraction and riding it immediately. Yeah. Um, or some kids will just fixate on one particular ride and that's the only ride they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, this new system doesn't really allow them to just keep repeatedly riding that one. Okay, um, fair enough. And for, for us it works, I understand why it doesn't work for everyone. Um, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I think there's, the work, there's definite cases of, of people abusing it. I've, I've I've witnessed it in in Disneyland mm. Paris and Disney World, mm. and um, it's just, just a case where. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's just a case where you know, you get you get a small minority of people that that spoil it for everyone else, and everyone gets sort of tired with the same brush. Fair enough. Um, I think this just, way people just assume you have a fast pass. There's not really any. And does this, with regards to things such as kind of character meet and greets, does that have the same kind of idea, even if there's not fast passes for those characters? I, I was under the impression they didn't, and when we went, um, we generally if the queue if the queue was long, we didn't we didn't bother with it. So yeah. um, he does really like um, Baymax, but when we went there, we asked the CM at the start how long the queue was, and said it was going to be well over an hour. So we, yeah. we just didn't bother. Um, we did queue for half an hour to meet Gaston because that's one of his favourites. He right. got the T-shirt and everything. He thinks yeah. he's great. Uh, after waiting in that queue for half an hour, it's not really shaded. Um, by no. the time he actually got to meet Gaston, he was tired and cranky, and it's like, oh, probably wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, what you can, I don't know if this, I don't think this is official, but what I've been told and what I've read is that if you say to the cast member um, that you've got the disabled access to fast, your kid really wants to meet this character, yeah. 
um, but they're not going to be able to queue for half an hour, an hour. Um, some I've read that some people have been told that the character will be out. Oh, we seem to have lost Gareth briefly. Oh, no, Sorry, we missed Sorry. you a little bit there. Sorry. Um, yeah, so what, what we're saying is, what, what I've read is that um, apparently if you go to a cast member where the character is and explain to them that you've got this disabled access pass and you, you want to meet the character, they will tell you the next time they're going to come out, um, a specific time for you to come back and then you'll be taken to the front of the queue. I don't know if that's official Disney policy. Right. Um, but I, I know it's, it's certainly something that has happened. Okay. That's more like a promise. Like it's like that cast member will make sure. But then if that cast member just goes on a break, it sounds more like a they're promising something than it's an actual rule. Yeah, it's, it's probably not some not something I, I would do personally. Um, but I think if you, if you you know some kids don't like rides, they just like the characters, and if that's, I think you just you need to just do what you need to do. Yeah. In those instances, you're not going to lose anything by asking. No, that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, Gareth, how do you keep like Jack like, occupied in like lines that like thirty minutes? How would you keep him occupied in that sort of um, time? I think D Disney is not too bad because the queues there's generally quite a lot going on, so there's things for him to look at. Um, we can talk. He's, he's seen the ride on YouTube before, so we can talk about what's going to be going on in the ride, and he's normally really excited for it, especially if there's, he can see part of the ride or he can hear it. Um, he does get quite excited. And that, um, I'm not sure how much you know about about autism or not, but. Um, a lot of thing that a lot of autistic kids do is something called stimming, which can be like the hand, the hand waving or, or clapping. Mm. Um, so Jack tends to do a lot of that, and occasionally you do get some people that look as if, as if saying, "What on earth is that kid doing?" Mm. <laughs> um, maybe we sometimes just just try and explain out loud what's going on. So yeah, just having a just excited, aren't you, Jack? It's how you let everyone know that you're excited, <laughs> and, and then I think they realise that, "All oh, right, yeah, he's obviously got some sort of additional reading." They stop staring at. Um, generally, people are pretty, pretty good. <laughs> um, particularly in America, I think. Um, always yeah. to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. People in America seem to understand it a lot more than than perhaps people here. Yeah. Is there ever been a time, uh, Gareth, that if I say Jack really wants to go on a ride and you've explained to him what I don't think that's a good idea because it's got this, this, and that, and he's insisted, what would you do in terms of that? Um. Or does he generally listen to you? Uh, what we generally try to do is if there's rides that we know, any, anything that he's tall enough for, I'll, I'll let him do. Um, but, like for example, his favourite things in the world are, are guitars and roller coasters. So, rock and roller coaster, absolute, would be his favourite thing in the world. Right. Um, but he was about five centimetres too short. And oh. no matter how, how much, how much uh, stuffing I put in his shoes, he wasn't going to be tall enough. <laughs> Not advocating doing that, that's definitely wrong. Um, so, Basically, we just we just pretend it didn't exist. We never showed him any videos of it. We never mentioned it. We didn't go anywhere near the actual building. Okay. It's got a really subtle, massive guitar on the side of it. Hasn't yeah, it? yeah, just a uh, So we just pretended it didn't exist as far as it was concerned, and that was okay. And I think at the moment, the age he is, we can get away with that. Um, but he is t he's going to be tall enough when we go to Disneyland Paris, so he's really excited about that. So we're all good there. Um, the only th the only time I've never ever not let him go on something was when we went to Disneyland Paris. Um, I didn't let him go on Tara Terra. Um, so I remember going that when I was probably 11 and being absolutely terrified of it. Um, and I thought exposing, I, I think we'd have been five then, five year old with additional needs to, to that would probably not be the right thing to do. Um, and by accident, he ended up seeing a video when we got back and he thought it was brilliant. 
to him went to Walt Disney World, he did actually go on it, and it's one of his favourite rides now. So I think it's probably a case of um, me underestimating what what he can cope with, being a bit overprotective. Yeah. I don't know, every family's different, but I'm, I'm of the opinion now that if he's tall enough, let him try it. If he doesn't like it, well, he won't go on it again. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, is there anything that we've kind of not covered that you wanted to talk about? Um, oh, I think one of the, one of the other things to mention is um, the shows. Um, ah, so yes. things like um, Voyage of the Little Mermaid and the Beauty and the Beast show. Um, those are like things that Jack Jack really loves. Um, but when he's watching those shows, he can get quite loud and he can stim quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so what we said to the cast members going in, it was we explained what is what he was like when he watched the show. Explained, you know, he's going to be really loud. Yeah. Going to clap his hands. He's going to jump up and down his seat. And not so much a thing for him, but it's probably you know, it might annoy other people. So what they did is um, they allowed us to sit at the back, you know, where they have the chairs reserved for wheelchairs. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and they they let us sit in those, so you you sort of comfortable enough away from people that you're not you're not disturbing them um, and he can stim away and jump up and down and uh, enjoy the show that he the way that he wants to without without causing inconvenience to anyone else um, I think it's just just being just being honest about um, you know the way the way that he enjoys things with with the cast members because they're they're fantastic hmm. um, and we went to um, one of the first things we did would go to the Enchanted Tales with Belle um, so that's a story. Um, it's a, a ride based on us, and it's an attraction based on a story where the kids have got to do some role playing, um, and that's something that autistic children don't really do generally. Um, Jack's, Jack's role play is very, very limited. Yeah. Um, so it's not something he could really join in with, um, but the cast member could see that when it was all going on, he was getting really excited. He was clapping. He was clapping along and jumping up and down in his seat. So she actually came over at the end um, and took him up to, to meet Belle and introduced him as Prince oh, Jack. Wow. And he got to dance uh, he got to dance with, with Belle for I don't know, it seemed like forever, but it was probably about thirty seconds. But honestly it was the absolute highlight of his whole day. It was the highlight mm-hmm. of my holiday. Um, I was I was just blubbing away. I think I the guy in front of me had to give me a tissue. I was crying I was crying like a <laughs> but it's little, little things yeah. like that that's what sets Disney apart from all the others. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, You know, the fact that you go to the point that they've got guides that are there for you to be able to download at home and talk through all this sort of stuff. You've got the access pass that they have available, the fact that, you know, you can talk to cast members about it and they have kind of positive solutions and they can do something a little bit different for it. You go to theme parks in the UK... Um, and they wouldn't, they're not, you know, they're not interested. Oh, they haven't so, got a Scooby-Doo, you know, have no they? No idea. Uh, they kind of freak out. Um, uh, I don't know what that's to do. I'll just know, check uh, with my supervisor. What are they like in this country <laughs> in in comparison to to America? Do you do you have the same kind of level of of custom service, or is it? No, it's no, it's nothing nothing comparable. Um, I think there's there's it's probably the training element in this country. Um, it, a lot of people that work for Disney, it's it's what they've wanted to do. Whereas yeah. here, it's something they did because they live near the theme park. Um, so, in to go to the Merlin Parks, if you want to a disabled access pass, um, you need a, a letter from a doctor. Um, so, so we, when we've been, we've we've never really bothered with it because all part of the end of getting into queue, um, we can cope with the statement. Yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, 
school summer holidays when we went down to the Chessington at Legoland. Yeah. Um, he, he, we, got, we got him to queue for an entire hour to go on a, a ride called the Vampire at Chessington. Um, oh, that's he did a good that. Ride. Yeah. So yes. it was so amazing. He's done this queue. So well, he can do he can do anything now. This is brilliant. That absolutely wiped him out. It, it, it set him back so much. Yeah. Um, just because it's it's a long it's a long while when because he's, he's um, he has like some physical limitations. So he, he, his legs get tired really really easily. Yeah. Um, he has high he has high mobility. Um, he just he was ruined. He spent spent the rest of the day in his in his push chair pretty much, just wheeling from ride to ride. Mm. Um, I was going to say, Gareth, like, what does he do in terms of parades and the and the and the fireworks and stuff like? In terms of waiting around and also the shows are quite long. Like, what's how does he cope with that? Does he cope with it all right? Yeah, I think with the shows they tend to fly by because he's so involved in everything and. Mm. Um, he just loves it so much. When with the with the parades and the fireworks, they do have designated areas for dis- disabled people yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, the only slight drawback, though, is you can only you can only be the disabled person and one guest. Um, if you're there early enough, then I'll, I'll, I can sort of stand on one side of the rope and they'll stand on the other. Um, or if it's not too busy, then they'll let they'll let the rest of the families come in. Um, so we we generally try and take advantage of those if if we can. Um, or if not, just sort of be, be prepared to make sure you stand on the shady side of Main Street when the parade's on. Mm. Um, fire, fireworks, once you've seen them once, he wasn't that fussed. He'd rather be on the ride, so it's not something that we we have to worry about too much. Um, I think Disney are just so accommodating, though, with, with everything that they do. Um, just to quickly to... just jump in there, Gareth. Um, so when people tend to go to Disney World... They tend to not just do Disney World. How do the surrounding parks compare, and how do they deal with it as well? Because obviously, people, you know, they might they might like to know, you know, how Universal deal with it, or how Legoland. I, I don't suppose you might have been to because it's relatively new, but how they deal with it is it um, similar can, to Disney, or is it different? Or I, don't you I know? can only speak about how Universal deal with it. Yeah, the park I went to, um, they. They adopt the same policies as Disney. So if the queue is less than 20 minutes, they let you on. If it's longer than that, it's a return time. Whether the queue time is less 10 minutes. Right. And you See, just come I, back. I believe they've always done that. I think that's always been there, the way that Universal have done that. Yeah, I think, um, I think it was. I think, yeah. So it makes me kind of question why people were so up in arms when Disney changed their policy. But I suppose if you're so used to one way, you, you, you yeah, would question I think a, a lot. A lot of the people that were up in arms were upset because they had probably a preferential system that they no longer had. But I think for some people it was genuinely an issue where if you only if you're only going as a as a single parent with a child and you haven't really got the option to to sort of sneak off to the ride and get a time and come back, you've got to take that child with you. And if if every time he's been, particularly if it's in America or if they're a Florida resident and they're used to going several times a year. If every time they've been to that ride, they've gone to the fast pass route and they've they've gone in, you can't explain to that autistic child that you know now now you don't do that anymore. You've got to go and mm-hmm. sit and have a have a coffee or go in a shop or, yeah. or do something else. Um, so I think it's, there's, there's there's good and bad on both sides. I think some some people um, are a bit harsh with with how they. They say that people are being spoiled. 
Um, and I think some people were being perhaps a bit a bit entitled. It's just there's, there's, there was no system you could implement that was going to be perfect for everyone. Mm. I think Disney have done... The only other thing Disney could have done is adopt a system um, similar to what Drota Manny use, which is where um, you go to guest services, you'll get, you provide you proof of disability, you're then given um, a card with um, 10, 10 ride passes on there. Right, every okay. time you go to a ride, that gets stamped or signed, and so obviously you, until you've used up your 10. But that's the only other thing I think they could have done. Um, but then how do you stop people then going and getting another one later on so they can get 20 rides? It's, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I, I don't envy the position that they're in, to be honest. I think no, they, do, they do the best uh, that they can. Yeah. And it's just a shame that some people have, have abused the system and spoiled it for other people. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, I understand, yeah. Yes, I, so I, I feel much more comfortable using the system they have now rather than in Paris where you're sort of pushed to the front of the ride. Yeah. Ahead of people that may have been queuing for an hour. I, I never felt truly comfortable doing that. Yeah, fair enough. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, it's it's kind of interesting to see sort of an insight into how maybe you tour differently to the way the way that we may do. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be useful for some people who may be listening to the show. Maybe yeah. they've thought about going and they've not been because they're a little bit worried about you know how how it's going to work out. And hopefully, you've allayed some fears with that. Adam, yes, Adam, can I feel free to uh, to add something else if you would like to? Before I went, there's a We'll come back to Gareth in a second because uh, it seems that he has vanished, but it's okay. It seems that he's done a me what I did last. He's week. He's done what you did last week, where he just disappeared yeah, and vanished. Disappeared. Um, which is which is always good. But I'm sure Gareth will be back in a second. Sorry. Anyway, oh he's back. Oh, there he is. What, what were you saying? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so I was just going to say, there's a, a really good resource. There's a lady called at Autism at the Parks. Yeah. Um, oh, she's brilliant. How is that Maureen Deal? Yes, that's, I, yes. I, I couldn't remember her surname. I didn't want to mispronounce it. She's brilliant. She's huh? absolutely fantastic and really on the ball with um, all little tips and tricks about how to cope with, with different scenarios you might face. Um, I obviously, uh, I think her son's um, autism is, is obviously different to Jack, so they experience things differently. But she's just really, really on the ball. And that if if um, I was a first-timer, that's, that's something I would definitely look into. She is. I mean, I, I I follow her closely, and she is like a walking, talking encyclopedia for everything autism and disabilities within the whole parks in the Orlando area. Yeah, mm. like she's she's local as well, isn't she? So if something yeah. changes, she'll be the first person to to be letting people oh, know. Well, there we go. Good yeah, stuff. We should brilliant. make sure we follow that and, and, and have a look at that. Um, anyway, thank you, Gareth. Before uh, you disappear again and we lose you. Um, just one more thing to mention. Uh, three weeks today, well, three weeks today recording this show, uh, I'll have, I'll be at home having run the Disneyland Paris half marathon. I can't believe it's, I can't believe it's three weeks, honestly. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I will actually be home by this point, I think, probably half dead somewhere, uh, unable to move. <laughs> but um, just so you know, you can uh, help us out, which go to justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. You can sponsor us over there if you've not done so already. Every single penny that you donate goes to Cordwell Children. So it would be greatly 
received. If you could do that, that would be amazing. So thank you very much for that. Um, we will be back in two weeks' time. Uh, we're doing a full Disney Brit show, of which uh, my plan, as long as Disney get their act together, um, is to share some more information about what the plans are for the half marathon, because hopefully we should have all of our information through by then. Also on top of that, John is going to do... Uh, it's a Disney quiz by John this time. Uh, because he's decided he's going to give it a go. Um, and uh, I'm going to have a go at being answering rather than asking which will be a little bit different so that should be quite good so that'll be kind of the next show uh, a little bit of a quiz and some update on how the half mouth and all that sort of stuff is going to work so it should be pretty good don't forget you can follow us over at Disney Brit on Twitter and on Facebook which is Disney Brit uh, which is facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit podcast and uh, you can catch up with everything there if you want to send us any emails questions comments suggestions anything to do with uh, taking people with disability around the park maybe there's something that you want to talk about with us on the show which would be great send us an email radio at disneybrit.com but I haven't said thank you to everyone so thank you Gareth uh, thank you Adam thank you Susan thank you and thank you John thank you right we will be back in two weeks time with another show until then we'll see you.